Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, science fans. One thing we don't get to talk about enough on this show is environmental concerns, ecology, resources, that sort of thing. I wish we we had more on, on this topic on the show. Fortunately, I found a new podcast that I believe you guys will enjoy called Waterline. Waterline podcast is everything related to water, uh, how to make sustainable irrigation, can water bring peace, how do you uh, keep water clean and, and safe, and how much money does does our current water system cost in the U.S., what changes can we make and how we use water. I just listened to a fantastic episode called Water in Peace, Hydropolitics. It was all about um, the many different conflicts over different regions of water. We've drawn all of these arbitrary lines for our kind of political regions. And one thing that we didn't really factor in when doing that was water sources. So now there's all of these uncomfortable, to say the least, conflicts uh, where all of these areas overlap over water sources. Fantastic episode. The Waterline Podcast is an initiative of Israel New Tech, a part of the Israeli Ministry of Economy and industry so check it out for everything you need to know about the economics political social behavioral technological and environmental aspects of water search for waterline podcast on itunes or in your android podcast app welcome to the here we are podcast everybody i am shane moss i am going to be in australia at the end of october i believe that i have a date in houston and um possibly boston and some other things coming up it just depends on what other projects i have i'm in the middle of a zillion things right now but please check out shane moss m-a-u-s-s dot com and i'll be adding some more tour dates very soon joining me co-hosts two co-hosts this week <laughs> bill greiser uh, i teach neuroscience at portland state university and i also teach at oregon health and science university um but i'm a, a co-founder with my colleague here uh of northwestnoggin.org an outreach organization we work in public schools and I'm Jeff Leak, and I'm uh, I'm an artist, um, but probably more interestingly, as uh, I, I actually spend most of my time uh, teaching art and neuroscience uh, uh, to uh, middle school, high school, college kids, anybody will listen. So, and his art is interesting too. <laughs> 
And today we talked about what we talk about. We we talked a little bit about art and science and the mix of the two. We talked a little bit about education, about public events, <laughs> consciousness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the easy problem. Now, of yeah, consciousness. You know how to how to survive a flu shot. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And uh, it was a, about pipe cleaners and pipe cleaner neurons. And yeah, this this networks. episode is brought to you by Big <laughs> Pipe Cleaner, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the evil monsters. <laughs> exactly, a Big Pipe Cleaner. Big pipe Although cleaner. you know, we learned not in Australia or uh, in Chile, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a really fantastic episode, and if you didn't already listen to the first episode uh, with Bill, go back and do that. Right now, it was just two weeks ago, and off the top of my head, it's called Hearing and Something Else. I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed that I don't know off the top of my head, but then why say it if you don't know? Because then I can beat myself up for it afterwards, and it'll be kind of funny. All right, this is failing you. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, a couple quick things before we get started. One... I think I figured out how to load up the audio on the Patreon thing. I've just been kind of nervous. I'm, I'm putting out a few podcasts on it, and uh, I'm, I'm being exceptionally honest and trying to bear all, bear my whole soul. And so I've been procrastinating a little bit. I'm putting it off, but I'm, uh, I'm putting it out. I'm going for it. Patreon dot com slash Shane Moss and you can check it out and for whatever you feel like paying per month uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast uh, about just kind of everything that's on my mind unfiltered content for better or worse uh, and some of it some of it some of it should maybe be filtered thought out a little more ahead of time it's it's uh it's it's Intra, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. You can always unsubscribe from it. I don't know what I even think about it, but it is very, very honest, as honest as I can possibly be. And also, um, I am starting a, I'm calling it, uh, let's call it digital mindfulness training. I'm sharing some of my, uh, actually all of my DMT experiences rather than um, rather than hashing out this DMT talk in front of people on stage you guys will get a behind the scenes of how I write this stuff basically I'm going to go through every one of my experiences it's going to take forever all of my thoughts on them and then I'm going to start putting together uh, and kind of revising and and cutting it down, and you'll get to be in that. So this this week I'm releasing, as long as I think that I have this figured out, and I do, on Patreon, I'm releasing one uh, with, I'm calling it the Everything, Everything with a Question Mark podcast, which is just everything that's on my mind, and then um, another one, uh, d- some digital mindfulness training, digital mindfulness talk, uh, all about DMT. So, if you're interested in that, go and check it out. Patreon members only. And the reason why I'm doing that is, one, um, that will help fund this podcast. Um, and I, I would like to, 
Um, I would like to get a team together, uh, working on some bigger projects. And so helping put that together. And, um, and then two, uh, because I'm just kind of nervous about bearing, bearing my soul for the public. And so it's, it's only for super special, uh, people. So you got to put a little skin in the game since I'm putting my skin, metaphorical skin in the game. Now it sounds gross. I'm not trying to make a sex joke. I promise. But uh, if you want to check that out, that would be fantastic. Uh, check out laughable.com. Uh, or, sorry, the Laughable app. And uh, and you can listen to all of your favorite comedians on there. You can subscribe to me, Shane Moss. You can get updates when I'm a guest on other podcasts. And and then you'll uh, you'll find all sorts of other new awesome comics with awesome podcasts and then you can follow them and know when they're a guest on things and uh more content um so yeah it's it's uh it's really cool podcast rock Uh, if you've heard me on a guest on other podcasts before um a lot of times i just i i just want to talk about how awesome podcasts are i really think they're fantastic and so, uh, I think that I, I, the thing is, is I spent years doing morning radio and I don't mean to crap on morning radio. I still have to do it. And sometimes they are genuinely fun, but that is like, uh, I, <laughs> anyway, I've, I've spent, I've spent hours talking about how wonderful podcasts are. They're genuine. They're real. They're so much more informative it's specific content you can get exactly what you want you can find exactly the people that you like listening to and hear all sorts of stuff from them not just the things that they host but the things that they're the guests on i mean it's just such a superior product there there will probably be something better eventually one day hopefully there is i hope there's something better than podcasts but right now i love podcasts i think you could still listen to them and get stuff done and while you're learning and it's just there's so many benefits and so so many few fewer uh negative like addiction problems and things like that as far as i can tell who knows it's a it's a new thing what do we know maybe podcasts are the most dangerous scary <laughs> thing in the world and we just haven't realized it yet so that's like a little taste of what i uh, what i um what my podcast on the patreon is like is i just start riffing i have a topic in mind i just start riffing on it. i don't i sometimes go off of some things that i've been writing and like brainstorming but i don't sit and write and edit and figure out exactly that's what i do on stage with my stand-up so you kind of get a behind the scenes how my stand-up comes together is the idea with it so uh i don't know i think it's awesome and if you're not interested i don't blame you one bit and, and i don't care awesome find uh, find another thing that you're interested in you get the point um thank you for listening to this podcast and enjoy this episode 
Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. So, Bill, thanks for coming back. Of course. And inviting <laughs> Jeff, who you talked about last time. I already... Oh, I'm already remembering something. I already got an email about the episode, which just dropped yesterday. I already got an email. Someone was asking. They said they had a professor that gave them a, a lesson about... This sounded like um, in, embodied cognition, cognition or something. Yeah. Where uh, if you hold your tongue, yeah. the professor <laughs> said if you hold your tongue, uh-huh. you'll have uh, a longer tongue. You'll, <laughs> you like won't have as much internal dialogue. So yeah, so I mean, basically, uh, that's one of the, the ideas that if you're if you're injured or something like that, and you pinch yourself somewhere else, yeah. you, it draws your attention away from you know, yeah. the source of the injury. Actually, right. there's really interesting. You're uh, externally very, focused. Yeah, do you right? remember the, yeah. the study about like um, how if you're getting a flu shot? The people who actually feel the most pain are the ones who look away because you're imagining it coming down on, you know, a huge area of the body. So you're, oh, when you do really? get it, it, it's felt across a much larger region of the skin. <laughs> Why do but they? if you look at it, it's a tiny little needle and it's not that bad. Ah, I hate needles so much. I didn't know that. Look at the needle. <laughs> yeah. I used to when I was a kid and I never minded them. Now as an adult. Really? Okay. But it's, why don't they tell you that? Why that's Well, the other thing, the other thing they could do is they, they try to distract you, right? They'll be, you know, talking to you and yes. say, oh, so how's this and how's that and blah, blah, blah. And then jab, they yeah, jab they you and you do. least expect it. Yeah, exactly. Sneaky. And then it's over. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that makes a little more sense than being yeah. like, look at it. Yeah, that, that <laughs> would probably be worse. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like last night sitting by myself just holding my tongue and then I'm like, Did Am I work? thinking less right now? I don't know if I'm thinking You're less. probably thinking about how ridiculous I look. It yeah. didn't seem to have that effect. It didn't on help. Me. But I told the listener I mean embodied cognition is one of the yeah. coolest mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. Um yeah, we, we exist in a body, right? So why don't you guys talk about how you started collaborating together? Well, we actually, um, we live in the same neighborhood, so our, our kids were actually going to school at the same place, uh, and we just met on the playground. And we just started talking about, the, you know, having these playground discussions about science and, and art, yep. and uh, um, one summer we had nothing to do. And we were, yeah, I think we were thinking about what what are we going to do with our kids? Yeah, this more summer? importantly, the so, kids right, had nothing yeah, to do. Yeah. So we're like, what are we going to do with the kids? And so, mm-hmm. so we decided to put together a, um, a, a course at our kids' school, and um, it ended up going really well. And people started asking for more, and uh, we have been doing it ever since. So more and more. I mean, it's kind of funny because I don't think we really expected to be doing it this long after that i mean it was never never really a plan of ours so it was a one it was one summer like yeah and actually we they were at a portland public school and um this was a program that's run by a it's a county and city program called schools uniting neighborhoods and it's in schools where uh, a majority of kids over 70 percent were receiving free or reduced lunch actually. right so it was a completely free summer program and um you know they had a lot of like non-academic offerings like sports activities and things like that but we had about i think about 20 kids or something like that that participated yeah it was back in 2012 and then they didn't have to go i mean they 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 
debate, but we had like real human brains. We had grad students from yeah. OHSU. We had undergrads here from PSU. And, you know, we the, were doing projects. Projects. Yes, it's really kind of um, that, that was uh, sort of our model from the beginning was to make it a really kind of active learning sort of getting them to thing. want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they wanted yeah, to be there. Explore yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, get. They wanted to be yeah. there, and we wanted to be there too. Yeah, <laughs> it was really yeah. And that's fun. fun for us too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lecturing our, our kids are now teenagers, not fun, and they yeah. don't, they're not as interested <laughs> so, in us anymore. Yeah. But at the time, they were really interested in this program. They had a blast. Yeah, well, teenagers. Uh, teenagers mean, forget it exactly. They, they almost <laughs> need to change the entire curriculum. Yeah, interested Although, you know, so it's funny because the math of the Kama Sutra or something. Like yeah, that. That, that, that they might be very interested, but they might be terrified too. But our our teenagers would not be interested in it, but when we go out with these same kinds of project-based kind of activities and real brains, et cetera, other people's teenagers are always really excited. Right, right. <laughs> it's your yeah. own kids. Yeah. Our, our, our own kids. <laughs> oh, I've heard this there. all before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. right. Enough with the brains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a nice lesson about talking to strangers. I'm always uh, yeah. mm-hmm. not the best at that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I've heard, who was it? I had someone on my podcast ran a study where... Oh, what was it? My listeners are like, why don't you remember this? No, they aren't. Why would they be thinking that? <laughs> um, they had three different things you could do getting on a subway. They'd stop people and be like, here, you can, you can either do what you know, read a newspaper, sit there quietly, or talk to a stranger. And then they'd survey people at the end. Yeah, of it. Yeah. And the people that talked to a stranger, yeah. mm-hmm. at first they were they said that they would be the least satisfied. That was their least favorite option. Yeah. To be forced to talk to a stranger. And the ones that did it at the end said they were Had the, the best most time. satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still don't believe that study, right, but I yeah. still haven't tested it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit of an introvert in real life. Well, when we went to DC that first time, right, we brought these you know pipe cleaner neurons with us. Yes, East and just walking around DC, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you'd be amazed how many people are like, "What on earth is that?" <laughs> it breaks down. Yeah. Yeah, like more people talk to strangers. <laughs> yes. How do people go onto the website too? Because I was I was going to put a couple pictures yeah. on the here we are podcast website and then i looked at yours and i was like well i'll just put a link to your website where sure, you yeah, have yeah. endless mm-hmm. amounts right. of stuff um what what is the uh so it's nwnoggin.org so n-w-n-o-g-g-i-n.org i almost went out and bought pipe cleaner oh you guys <laughs> see yeah, you were inspired yes. <laughs> yeah. they're they're and it's a, actually it is it's kind of addictive yes, right. like we well, start doing great. it and it's then like, like knitting or something it's like knitting you'll, so. you'll be sitting there watching netflix and you'll yeah. be like knitting a, a cone cell well <laughs> We'll, uh, into, right? take, take our students down to the pub and, and we do study, yeah. yeah and then we go <laughs> to any kind of pipe cleaners we'll yeah. be sitting there making neurons <laughs> right. all day yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think pipe cleaner art's gonna yeah. really take yeah, yeah. Off yeah. For this podcast. <laughs> we already referenced it once now how, how often does the brain need something repeated before well i mean yeah, uh, it depends what it is yeah the olympic swimmer i don't know take a longer you're gonna be at the cutting edge of this new Art form yeah, that, yeah. That I'm hoping to popularize. Yep, we pioneered pipe cleaners. <laughs> what were you? So, so you were making a living at as an artist mm-hmm. before collaborating, right? What was your style before you started? Well, I yeah. So, uh, uh, primarily, what I do are kind of uh, 
what I guess you'd call surrealistic sort of uh, landscape pieces. And I, and well, you can see a few of the paintings yeah. around here. So the they're squid floating. They're the yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a giant um, squid. And a lot of them, I, I you know, I'll, I'll kind of uh, look through a lot of um, uh, fables and parables and things that sort of relay cultural values and and uh, ideals and and work with those in the images, but. Uh, and they just end up being whatever they end up being. I I, I never know before I start. So, but uh, um, but that's kind of what I've been doing, and that's what I was doing most for the most part before too. Yeah. So I saw uh, as well at one of your what do you call the the talk things that the, oh the uh, velo cult talks. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. I saw that you had the numerous. Yes. yes yeah. She's extraordinary. Uh, Sienna Morris. Yeah. She's also at the, yeah. at the art at the yeah, Saturday the, market. Saturday market. Yeah. 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 I have yeah. a shirt of hers. Yeah. Oh, right. really? Oh, great. I just yeah. Saw her stuff. Her booth. Yeah. At the yeah. Saturday market. Uh, I should put a link of hers on. She's yes. extraordinary. She just did an yes, amazing, powerful, you know, piece with um, uh, Brittany Alperin, who's yeah. a mm-hmm. grad student at OHSU who studies like um, ADHD and but also anxiety, depression in the brain. She uses EEG and the too gave a really powerful presentation about specifically yeah. depression in the brain mm. um, and and sort of EEG measures of depression and whether um, self-care, certain forms of self-care might actually um, help in terms of shifting both the EEG measures and people's perceptions and experiences and how they'd be, you know, sort of diagnosed, you know, post self-care. Mm. And uh, Sienna herself, you know, was the subject and she did an extraordinary Yeah, piece. which they're, they're yeah. doing – Another are doing another one coming right? up in yeah, October. In October, too. yeah. So. so say that again. So it was your perception of how it was going to turn out, basically. So influenced. basically, how did you feel? Like, um, so I mean, you know, she also Sienna actually suffers from depression. Yeah. So, um, but then, so she was really curious about you know, these um, identified EEG measures of depression. Um, and there's like this asymmetry in terms of um, a particular rhythm in the EEG called right. the alpha rhythm. And so the, she was feeling depressed when she met Brittany. And then she actually um, had her brain, you know, she had an EEG and it, she showed the pattern that would be associated with somebody with depression. And then she uh, embarked on, it was like three or four months of yeah, like, self-care, uh, including meditation, including so, yeah, so, I mean, actually this is tragic today with, with what's going on in the gorge. She would go right. into the Columbia yeah. River Gorge and go hiking and all those places. And, you know, um, but she uh, then created this extraordinary piece. It's actually, oh, it resonates now because of what's happening with the fires, but right. like of these um, peaks and valleys of the gorge actually, but that look like the alpha rhythm. Um, and then she is a numberist, like you said, actually. And so she uh, would take some of the, she took water samples from the you know the river that she was walking along uh, or there was a lake or pond or something that she yeah, was near. yeah but then she would use the formulas of what she found in the water actually to draw you know all those trees and those up and down alpha rhythmic landscapes it was extraordinary yeah, yeah. so uh, she, probably an easy one to describe for the listeners there's a uh... There's one that's just Einstein's face, but it's many of his equations. Yeah, so right, yeah, that's, right. Coming, yeah. that's how she makes his hair yep. and everything else. And so she's got one about the heart too, that has all the equations that describe, you know, the flow oh, yeah, of blood. That. <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. So, so have you, Jeff? Have you had to learn quite, quite a bit more than you ever? Imagined? Oh, yeah, a lot more than I ever imagined. Well, so I, as a kind of a result of the uh, the. Uh, uh, of course, we were teaching in in middle schools and and uh, high schools, and um, 
we ended up uh, developing a course for uh, uh, PSU and and at the time uh, WSU uh, Vancouver also that was a, a kind of art in the brain course where where so we. And, uh, you know, at that point, I really had to <laughs> actually acquire the neuroscience. Yeah, it seemed like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I mean, I, and it's interesting to me because it was never a direction I thought I would be taking. He's, he, but, knows, he knows a ton yeah. about neuroscience. Well, though. you pick it up, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's just it's, it's hard to learn about it's, art. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I've made him draw some yeah, things, you know. I've been and doing you can, I, don't, I didn't yeah. think I was an art. I couldn't do art, but you know, yeah. I, I makes, can make these new yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. He's gotten quite good at it. Do you think that it helps that you're able to make these vis- visualizations? I mean, that it has to. Oh, it does. Yeah. I it, well, and there are there are a number of uh, reasons. I mean. Uh, just on the surface, I mean, it's good to have uh, um, to be able to visualize these things rather than just discuss them kind of uh, in a more conceptual kind of way uh, um, to actually, uh, um, you know, build one yourself, you know, really uh, uh, reiterates all of the different pieces and parts and gives you a much better idea of what that the structure of that thing is. You really get to see it as that object and that machine. And um, But then the other thing with these is because you can give students so much leeway in what they actually do with it that it, it becomes uh, something that they kind of take ownership of, you know, and they become interested in making it because it's their um, creation and uh, um, they can make it look essentially how they want. Uh, so there's a personal relevance to them. If you pipe, yeah. pipe cleaners, you can become yeah. God. I know. Yes, yeah, right? literally, you can make you know, whatever cell you want. Yes. <laughs> Why so many different cells? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been easier just to just to make everything one? Well, structure yeah, yeah. determines function. We yes. have a lot of different yeah. functions that you know parts of the brain have to do. So, yeah. and actually, that's a really cool thing because the students. You should mention the metaphor projects. too. Oh right, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, because we do. I mean, I, there's an, there are a, a kind of a broader range of, of projects that that we run. Um, you know, things like this that the like the pipe cleaner neurons that are more uh, about visualizing that uh, that kind of uh, thing. But then, then also um, there are other other uh, projects like uh, Bill was mentioning the the uh, there's a metaf- uh, neuron metaphor project that I was working on that uh, that asks students to kind of um, come up with a visual metaphor for a uh, an aspect of the function of a neuron. So the, that that could be you know a, a, a saltatory conduction or or uh, or uh, just a, um, you know a, a action potential or you know um, and then uh, um, come up with these metaphors and, and then draw that out. Like what's the visual sort of metaphor? And we get like all kinds of really interesting awesome responses yeah, yeah. to that where you know things like that you would never think of yourself you know uh, like uh, uh you know um illustrations of a, a vampire being invited into a house as a as a kind of a, a metaphor for uh, um you know uh, uh, the reaching an action potential and the know, gates and, opening yeah, so, you know basically yeah. you know, um, you know so and, and when they can <laughs> uh you know sort of think about it like that and explain it in in uh, to us you know why they think that represents you know that particular function um 
that's really gets to much more uh, a much better kind of understanding of you know what does this thing actually do you know so it gets past just naming the parts of something and and trying to memorize you know what the different pieces of this are but really trying to uh, uh, really understand how this thing works though if you can if you can name something as cool as action potential yeah 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 it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> the action potential that yeah. created that, is, that really did a nice that job. Is 90% of the people probably choose action. But, oh, but yep. you get others. We love to. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, there are other things that yeah. are important that yeah. happen in the brain. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't name a lot. You, you lit up oh, when yeah. you heard action. I, yeah. I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to impress people, uh, yeah. I, I throw out, if I'm on a first date, I throw out a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not a big wrestling potential kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Of course not. Okay. Me? Yeah. Never. Um, so, uh, going out. What's the age range that you're uh, that you have the most fun with? To me, I I never understand when people want to teach teenagers. But yeah. that's probably just because I was the worst teenager. They're awesome. We we actually. Well, I don't know. I, I yeah. like all all the ages. They're they're all very different. Like right. when they're very little, like kindergartners or first graders, they have literally no inhibition at all. So if what you what you say and what you present to them, if they like it, they will be right at it. They'll come right towards it. And if they if it's you know some of the some of the the specimens had the if it's formal, boring, yeah, yeah, or it's boring, they'll let you know immediately. Right. They'll be like, oh, whatever. And you know, actually, as they get into middle school, they're much more aware of what each other is doing and who is uh, yeah. again who's the alpha like who who, who in the, if, if you get yeah. like the the kids that they, the other ones are looking up to the yeah team, they'll right? come and then everybody yeah. comes but yeah. if you have a you know real human brain you're going to shower somebody that they're really they'll go right towards it yeah and then I, high school they're kind of like it's pretty hard to be blase about an actual human brain yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah and high school i mean there's so much stuff that's going on in their lives and it's so complicated they're actually you know some of them don't care anymore about what other people many of them care a great deal about what other people think so there's a lot of diversity of response but we're often in high schools we're often there very early in the morning too where a lot of kids are exhausted and tired and sleepy so we're but we're again we're bringing in real human brains there's usually a lot of like um grad students undergrad so it's an unusual situation which like acts to wake you up and to alert you and to sort of orient you so they are really paying attention initially they don't always look like they're paying attention right but once we get to the project stage too they're really into it and they ask questions and yeah you know we i like the high schoolers a lot you know part of it is we can talk a lot i think last time we mentioned how you know they're in a very complex social world so they're responding to cues that the adults aren't typically aware of so they can they can tell you a lot of interesting stuff about you know how what they're going through this is useful information to high schoolers right yeah, yeah. and and part of it too is is um uh, you know especially with the high school kids you know we we spend a lot of time when we come in just just sort of um uh talking to them about what they want to know and so we, we kind of let them sort of drive that discussion initially so that it's a little more Drugs engaging and yeah and, yes, and that's it that's lot. exactly yeah. music but, sometimes but that's good yeah. you know and they yeah. don't get a lot of 
people talking to them There's plenty of about interesting that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They all want to know about marijuana. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Really? They do, lot. yes. yes. <laughs> that's, well, that's the... Uh, well, you talk about orange. it. It's Oregon. Yeah, I'm of course. Right. This is exactly... I, I, I'm surprised it's not, like, lame by now. You know, um, no, they're really interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? I mean, we need marijuana, more research. That's what yeah. Grandpa does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Every, every, everybody's parents has, has have like marijuana plants now in their backyard. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <right>. Super boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I was just looking at the. Uh, speaking of plants, the fractal-like structure of of the brain, like we were talking oh, about. Yeah. That, we didn't get a chance to yeah. talk about mm-hmm. that on the on the podcast. Can we talk about that a little bit? First off, sure, huh? <laughs> because that's that's something that that both uh, that bonds science and art yeah. together quite nicely. Um, I I think people see a lot of fractals in, or I should say, are dazzled by a lot of fractals in both nature and art, but right. don't know that don't don't know what a fractal is or wouldn't know to recognize it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's always, they, you know, we did a, a one fellow cult with uh, um, uh, um, Sarah McCormick. Yes. Who mm-hmm. was the artist, and she she did uh, uh, fractals, and, and that was really great because uh, it, it gave us a chance to really um, uh, kind of learn a bit more about, you know, I mean, I mean for one, like, what is a fractal? And then, um, you know, why does that kind of form continue i mean why do we see it so often in nature and you know in in uh um these biological forms too yeah, part of it was kind of recursive sort of yeah it was interesting because uh, um, development they, of of organic uh yeah they're generated right. by in some ways like kind of simple equations and like yeah. small changes in that equation or by that process yeah there yeah. you go we'll yeah. actually Another generate plus, plus that's my action potential yeah, yeah. there you go there you go so this gets me equally excited yeah. <laughs> so i mean but yeah i mean i think that was interesting because i mean if you think about how these are you know complex systems like like ourselves develop i mean there's you know similar patterns that are repeated right at various scales too so yeah and you know and like you're right from an art perspective to it they're uh and just from a i mean actually they're they're deeply like you know interesting i mean they, they kind of grab your attention you kind of like look at these things they're beautiful to look at these repeated we look for we're pattern seekers right so you see this is these are beautiful and complex and interesting patterns but again they're generated from you know sort of simple yeah it's interesting sets to of look instructions at, at mm-hmm. the, well trees but then the roots especially compared and the to neurons. the brain <laughs> right yeah and then <laughs> the idea of of whether plants are kind of communicating with one another and how they're doing that right. is, is uh, well some of them apparently do right they like if yeah. they're attacked they release olfactory yeah, chemicals yeah. and other plants <laughs> respond and, yeah mm-hmm. um so jeff what have you learned about about the world of from the world of neuroscience and having to put all this together that's kind of that you is there anything that you apply to your everyday life or is there something that you're like everyone needs to know about this <laughs> If people knew about this, the world would be a better place. You know, I I mean, I, I think one of the really kind of um, interesting things to me, just in as we were sort of you know um, talking about um, uh, developing these courses and things, that uh, one of the things that we really discovered was that. Um, you know, a lot of the processes that go into making artwork or and the processes uh, uh, that um, 
scientists engage in are are actually very similar. I mean, there's a lot of overlap, and and um, it's one of the things that you know for when we come into a school and you say we're going to have scientists in here, and a lot of the kids that we work with are just kind of like, ah, oh, God, this is going to be so boring, you know, and it, it's, um, but uh, science is actually a really creative kind of endeavor. And that, that I think for me is what was one of the things that, that is, you know, um, was really kind of important for, especially for the students, but for people to know that, that this is, this is actually, this isn't just like a, you know, a, a really cut and dry kind of thing, but you have to be, uh, uh, somewhat creative to tackle these big ideas and these big problems and think about, you know, things in a way that maybe people haven't thought about before. So, uh, you know, those, those, that's, that was kind of, I think, the, the main thing. For- this is going to be the, <laughs> the most uh, unexpected Nobel Prize in history. All, yeah, yeah. Of, your, all of your pipe cleaner. Well, I mean, there. It's it's uh, it's a well, thank you. It's interesting. <laughs> I yeah. mean, people won't see it coming. That pipe yeah. cleaners are really underestimated. And <laughs> they're always they're have pretty been. amazing. I've, they are amazing. I've been saying that for years. Pipe cleaners and they're people affordable. And they, I mean, they're credit. super cheap. You can get them. You know. At the anywhere pretty much yeah exactly um i mean you must learn so much just from having to put together how how nature has figured out how to construct these things right figuring Mm -hmm. out what shortcuts you've had to use to put them together so going forward what are what are you hoping to do Uh, are you hoping to expand these courses and like do you have any videos online of how to do uh, how to make some of these neurons we do have some actually yeah we have uh, videos of of kids making right yeah and and also we we have well and then i yeah we should we should make videos because they're more engaging we currently have pdfs (laughs) which is not nearly as fun as a video but uh, (laughs) that's uh, but there are instructions on on you know at least how we start them and uh I always like these because they can be as simple or as complex as you want. So you can give people a framework and then you can see like some of these things, how far you can actually take it. I mean, there's, there's, there yeah. should be a moot. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is like, I love online courses yeah, yeah, yeah. and something that I haven't, I have yet to see an online course that is as interactive as something like this. Yeah, that sounds great. I would be very interested in that. Huh? It's, uh, well, I'm not going to make that happen for yeah, you. you got to <laughs> do it. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna, to follow you and uh, yeah. tell us where to go. I'll go it for it. Come on. Where, where's all this action? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, sure, exactly. I'm sure PSU could sort it out for yeah. you. <laughs> because it is, I, I mean, this, uh-huh. is, uh, this is a different kind. I was just thinking on my... On my uh, bike over it took me like an hour and a half to uh to cycle over here and mm. i was like people used to say i never tried in school now i'm, I'm taking <laughs> yeah you're motivated by something exactly yeah, huh? yeah. like they gotta pay more attention to the kids that they're putting in detention they yeah. might have more yeah. potential yeah. than the than they realize and then Absolutely, i was, I was huh? thinking about how um the uh, what you guys do and how this is just 
because I take online courses all the time, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do the homework because right. but yeah, I you, don't have you, the time. <laughs> I'd rather just watch more videos and get a right. broad sense of a whole bunch of different classes. Yeah. But this I would actually You'd make do. a pipe cleaner neuron. I <laughs> yeah. would. Well, <laughs> I would even, I've been playing around with ideas of how information is passed and yeah, like mm-hmm. the physics of information. I think the pipe cleaners would be good for the Big Bang and where the Big Bang came <laughs> yeah. from. I've yeah. some interesting ideas lately. I think pipe cleaners I'd be. like to see that in I, pipe cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to fit all these pipe cleaners into yeah. an infinitely Very small, small space. space. And, and then... Well, we were actually thinking there's a, a guy that we work with in the, you know, David in Chile who yeah. looks at like, uh, was it the voltage-gated potassium channel specifically and a lot of his work is all about exactly how it's structured so that it can carry out its function allow for you know potassium ions to work their way through this hole in a membrane and actually you know he was very enthused by this idea of like modeling it the mm-hmm. in chile apparently it's very difficult to find pipe cleaners <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Some pipe cleaners. <laughs> i had the same discussion with a couple from australia too yeah <laughs> I mean, they were an just American like what are apparently. these where do you get them i'm like they're I mean, just pipe Cleaners, can you? <laughs> Surely do, you do can. Plumbers actually use. Well, they there are they in Chile. They have pipe cleaners, but those are not the yeah, same yeah. thing as the pipe right. cleaners we think of here. Yeah, <laughs> they're actually those, not those the will hurt you. For <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a little too all. bristly. And yeah, there's no color exactly. Huh? Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go on. That. You're really, <laughs> we're really selling pipe. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's should, mostly what you I should be sponsored by the pipe cleaner yeah, yeah. <laughs> industry. Oh, they have so much money too. <laughs> exactly, just yeah. money to oh, you're not getting the yeah. pipe cleaning industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's what's some like neuroscience? Um, we did a little 101 yeah. last week. Uh. What are what are some of the things that first got you guys interested? Where did where did you start when you wanted to learn about neuroscience? Did you did you actually go and read textbooks, or were there particular books? That I, I I did not read textbooks. No. <laughs> I I uh, um, in fact I I barely have opened the textbook that we use for our class. It's <laughs> <laughs> the art side of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, I, I read the textbook. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, where I went, I mean, I I was actually, um, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, just from listening to, to Bill talk about, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, just the basics of how that happens, you know, how, how neurons uh, send information to each other and, and those that um, that was kind of where I started. But I also um, there there I do like uh, watching videos of, of these things and actually seeing if you can see how it kind of yeah. works you know there's that's that, much more interesting than than looking through a textbook is not, there's that comic book too yeah. right I, I that forget, comic book that was, was an excellent really, i forgot what it's called but there's an excellent yeah, comic yeah, book too, i wish i could remember it some also. of the basics of neuroscience I'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to find it, but yeah yeah it's a really good book um so there are other sources that you can certainly learn yeah we also one of the things we've done is we've we've both presented actually at a at this great big conference called the Society for Neuroscience Conference. Right. We've been doing this for several years now about all these outreach efforts. And, you know, in those kinds of settings, you you can go hear talks by experts on, you know, the narrowest area of you know, brain science, actually. And, you know, through, I think, yeah. 
repetition going going to a lot of these and interacting with scientists in these kinds of situations you get better and better at the language and you know the first time you know i know you i'm sure that's you walked out of it you were like right oh yeah so definitely you could probably jar. describe well, it well yeah the i jar. mean the, the, yeah because <clears throat> when you go you know the, you go to these uh you know especially like the mini symposiums where yeah. where uh you know uh, a lot of those, uh, you, you get a lot of um, grad students, doctoral candidates who are who are really trying to engage with the the, the language of of that and and um, listening to them talk. You know, coming in, it's just like I you have no idea what they're saying because it, it, they're they're uh, um, they're so kind of. Uh, um, engrossed in that yeah. yeah and and not not just that they're specialized but pe- you can tell people when they've been doing it for a while they get a little better at talking to the general public but uh, a lot of the the grad students and, yeah, and right. postdocs they really want to fit in with that uh, you know um you know they're really expecting I to be talked to words. yeah so it's yes huh? and and it 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 becomes really pretty opaque to anybody who's not. <laughs> so, well, I guess it's also kind of cool to speak to someone that speaks your language. Yeah. Sometimes you you don't have access right. to that. But we find actually, you know, when we go out to schools or we do yeah. fellow cult, et cetera, the grad students are like the most, the the best for this because they still remember how to speak to right. other people. And, yeah. you know, they're, and they're, they're trying to figure out what all these, all the words mean and how to, you know, how to speak about mm-hmm. the research that they're conducting. But, um, you know, they, uh, they, they, they understand more, you know, about how to make others like, get into their own head into their heads like how, like what are they why are they studying this what's motivating them you know uh again structure function kind of things making it much clearer actually to the general public and they find actually that uh, we hear this a lot that they're really happy about these experiences like going to a middle school classroom and you know trying to explain what it is that they're mm. actually researching because they sometimes realize that by using all the words here there actually there's some steps that they're missing that they don't really have a full grasp of yet yeah. or that maybe that were missed because <laughs> people yeah. are speaking at this other level here and they're not really and so they they say it really makes opens their eyes a little bit about like wow you know and we sometimes get like um the actual Faculty, like the folks who yeah, who've yeah. been doing this forever, and they only talk well, to other scientists, the the sci talk professional type folks that just talk to scientists, yeah. and they can sometimes you're like it's like one of those Society for Neuroscience lectures, right. and we're like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or, like, or they'll yeah. they'll try and uh, treat it like it's a class lecture or something, <laughs> like no, yeah, you're you're in a pub, yeah, people <laughs> don't want to, <laughs> right. yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's very. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of the right. other yeah. side of it. I'm yeah. like, very comfortable performing in a in a pub. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm exactly. Yeah. Well, like, oh, we, I, we got to get you I up there. I don't know what I'm talking about. At <laughs> you got to present at Society for Neuroscience. Yeah, exactly. I can convince <laughs> drunk people that I know a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always say you've got a very forgiving audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're modeling all these cells. How do some of the networks work? That's what I'm curious in in these how some of the habits are formed on some of these some yeah. of these kind of the next uh, you got the cell and then you have these small networks right because there's yeah. you know you have all these specialized cells like some of these rods and cone cells that we were showing you that actually you know um, you know absorb energy from the environment and convert it 
you know, into a form that it can be sort of transferred along networks of linked neurons. So, you know, you get a photon of light absorbed and it'll, I think, you know, it'll change, you know, a chemical shape and that'll result in, a cha- in you know, some kind of electrochemical signal being sent back along, you know, the optic nerve, you know, into the brain. Um, and so, um, you know, and where that information travels, you know, is critical. I mean, you know, and again, we talked, I think, last time about you have to have these developmental periods where you get exposure to all these different energies. And, you know, you have eyes, but you also have ears that are responding to sound waves. And you also have, you know, kind of touch receptors that are responding to pressure. And you have, you know, um, you know balance. Potential. You have all, yeah, they're all generating action potentials in response to these right. uh, stimuli. Well, and so, potential. yeah, exactly. And so the how that information travels is important because, you know, uh, at the other end, it's going to be linked to what is it you're going to do with that information like you know how are you going to move you know the skills you're going to generate like what are you going to say in a behavioral know, on stage responses, or something like that yeah. exactly and so um with with practice you know if you actually think about if you're trying to learn something yeah. you know you're trying to learn a skill you're you're really you're using a lot of your brain you're trying to focus in on all the details you're paying attention you're thinking i gotta move this muscle and then this muscle or you know i'm playing an instrument i'm pressing this key and then this key we're when talking about my better, boy yeah exactly the, the the little the little ball things on ropes that you swing around <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and i i've been learning and i had this friend that was just naturally so good at it and and she was like she's watching me she's like you're just thinking too much i'm like what do you mean I don't. and then and then when you do feel a yeah. move you're like oh i was thinking when you hit that flow state and then i'm like now i'm just doing i'm like i don't even know how this is happening it's like using the force <laughs> yes. which is actually interesting yeah. it's like because you're less directly sort of consciously involved you're not monitoring every little movement yeah. you have a more of an overall goal of what you want like you know for example if you're if you've played learned an instrument you want to play a piece and there's an emotional kind of message in that piece you're trying to get across or there's a there's something you're trying to right. communicate and then the movements come more they sort of flow and really that's actually different parts of the brain different networks are now kind of executing those movements yeah. in response to what you're detecting with that. And, and actually what people often talk about is if they try to pay attention and yeah. try to like and think of what they're doing they they muck it up <laughs> they, right. they, they, they 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 disrupt the flow Actually, and there are areas of the brain, like, for example, you know, the, cere- uh, the cerebellum is a huge region of the back of the brain that's involved, really critically involved in sort of integrating lots of, you know, sensory signals with motor output. So the timing of movement and things like that, the um, sort of the like repetitive movements and things like that, the balance aspects of movement. But then there's also actually um, even more appropriate for timing of movement is uh, a set of these subcortical, so below the surface or cortex of the brain structures they're these gray matter regions that are linked together they're known as the basal ganglia they're really important for you know acquiring you know kind of smooth you know well-timed coordinated activity movement in response to you know what you're experiencing hmm i just had this weird creepy thought about how as you're like sitting here modeling the the brain and then you're you're putting together however it's interesting that we yeah. know this very this very small uh you know the neuroscience of the very small i mean you can model these this yeah. is incredible that we're able to do this yeah yeah uh this is i mean when was the first cell even modeled uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the yeah, yeah I, I mean, really, it kind of starts with the Cajal. And, well, in terms of know, human neurons, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Actually, drawings and depictions were like Ramon right. Cajal, the, a yeah. Spanish neuroanatomist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But I wonder if you're sitting there thinking about how the brain works all the time, and then your brain's getting better and better at thinking about how the brain works. If there's these levels of perception (laughs) that are themselves starting to become self-aware of like this other... That is, <laughs> yeah, that I mean, is, actually, in some ways, that's very happening? true. I mean, that there are these networks yeah. that are monitoring other networks that are monitoring other networks. I, I, <laughs> I think that is happening. And, yeah. then, and then, like, when you slip into dream states, I sometimes yeah. wonder yeah. if that's... Yeah. If, if that you're sometimes accessing these other layers of what's happening, well, you know, you we are li- all living these different lives. We are all like, you know, like they, I mean, I mean, but we are all matter, you know, sort of trans- transiently organized in such a way that we can sort of contemplate the nature of our own existence, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is uh, the existence of matter. Right? <laughs> but That's also, weird. <laughs> some of us do, uh, yeah, seemingly more than others. Well, I yes, mean, but you know, to, some of us put more effort into different the, things. Yeah, different right. Things, well, what just... what are you motivated by? Is part of right. it. yeah. That's what we find with the like again those high school students. Like, you know, almost nobody is motivated by you know all the state testing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but everybody's a lot of people are really motivated there's, by art or the brain. Small subset. Yeah, small subset. Like, <laughs> thing. I mean, yeah. I, I think that if all you do is sit around thinking about your own brain, you're gonna probably be too introverted it might go the other way you might get yeah i, I mean maybe i'm just projecting now but i think that in the past i've become too depressed just your thinking, like i can't get out of my own head yeah exactly. um, but uh yeah it, it's you know many of us are very socially the, motivated by motivated by other people and there's so many complex ways to get you know to get to connect with other people you know, and, and, you know, people, so, I mean, that's one thing that drives a lot of activity and behavior. Other people are not. Other people are yeah. motivated. And, you know, people who, right. yeah, exactly. well, I'm not, I'm not even saying this in like a good yeah. or a bad yeah, kind of. And neither are we. Yeah. No judgment. Very <laughs> <scientific>. <laughs> yeah. Of course, which is a better way of saying it because it's a. Well, it's, it's another way of saying it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I, now I'm thinking of how. If you're rewiring your brain to understand how the brain rewires itself, yeah, yeah. it's like a fractal like nature of, yeah, exactly. of perception in yep. a way as well. Huh. Well, you know, it's, I mean, there's all this advance now using um, technology, right, to see if somebody is conscious or not, you know, if, they, if they've, you know, been in a traumatic accident or something like that. And part of what they're, were, were, you know, that they're discovering when they use these technologies is that, you know, um, there are sometimes people who cannot communicate, you know, externally because they've had damage to output basically from the brain, but yet they're still quite conscious right. and they're quite aware of what's going on. They just cannot you know, communicate that. And one of the things that's really interesting is that if they are conscious, one of the indices of this is that if they hear something or they see something, if you ask them to consider something, the information doesn't just arrive in like auditory cortex and sit there if it was a question or something, but it gets distributed across these networks, you know, like to various parts of the brain. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, that kind of interconnectivity and that distribution of information is essential for our you know, for these networks to, to 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 incorporate, you know, the activities of other networks, of other networks, of other networks. <laughs> One of my favorite things in re- regarding that and me- kind of measuring consciousness is is when uh, taking people with a particular kind of blindness and showing them different colors and right. having them guess the color, which I'm sure the person must seem like the because they're they, they're blind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 
<laughs> what a jerk. And but they actually can perceive color, right? Just you can passing. you can throw a ball at somebody yeah. with that, and they'll deflect yeah. It depends it. on you know, <laughs> where where exactly the damage yeah, the yeah. damage is, yeah. Because there are there are other networks involved in vision besides just the primary visual cortex. Yeah, so, it's less color. It's yeah. more about like location or like yeah. um, like direction of motion, for example. Right. Or you know, they could give somebody a, a with it's called blind sight, and you know, you can have damage to like um, like primary visual yeah, cortex yeah. or something. Yeah. So where the information is coming in cortically, but yeah. you know, as Jeff was saying, it also goes subcortically. It goes to like areas that allow you to orient to things. So if you you know are given like a slot to mail a letter, you know, and it's it's either up and down or horizontal or diagonal, you'll say to the person, "Would you mail this?" And they'll be like, what you, I, "They can't see it. They're not consciously aware of what." Is being presented, and yet they'll expertly, you know, orient it and stick it in, so they, mm. they can respond to visual information, and that's being, you know, actually transferred. That information is going along networks in the brain, but they're not the networks that subserve your conscious experience of yeah, vision, right. which is interesting. So, what is different about one? I mean, that's all. This, those questions are yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like, uh, you know, the expression "fake it till you make it" or whatever. Um, uh, Imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but sometimes I'll do that. I mean, this is this is not to underst- undersell how full of it I am because I am really full of it a lot of the time, <laughs> and I'm just like good at being full of it. Yeah. But uh, but sometimes I'm like I'm just gonna take a wild stab at this because I'll, I'll just pretend because whatever I got to fill in the gap in a conversation yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever, and then. Uh, Outcomes something good <laughs> through my it's intuitive, outcomes, yeah. It's like the right thing, uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's you've already made it, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And like you're making it is faking it, you think yeah. it's faking it, but you already know right. something that you yeah. don't realize <laughs> that you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so that comes first. Yeah, who are you? Like a, who are you anyway? <laughs> right, right. But in the chicken and the egg, I mean, the knowing comes before yeah. you consciously know something. Yeah, you already right. know something. Yeah, you maybe know. Your you... consciousness kind of steers the ship a little bit, seemingly. Maybe we don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is it for? I mean, you know, that's it's often interesting to think about. Like, what is the purpose of this? Because yeah. you can sort of consider things more deeply to some extent more visceral i mean you can actually feel and see and you know you know um consciously see and hear and all that kind of stuff imagine you know what might happen as opposed to just responding and reacting yeah it seems like this goal yeah. assessing software yeah it's like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> hardware and software. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah huh um well awesome uh well that's it that's as good uh, that this is i mean if we're going to have this deep of a conversation, <laughs> it needs to start, right? We need like a whole nother hour. So right. this, is, yeah. this is at least, I think this is a deep, uh, this is a nice enough point to give people some food for thought to uh, to extend Bef- into. Before we there. try and tackle consciousness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yep. yeah the, the hard <laughs> problem is that what it is? But why wouldn't it be called the soft problem? Or why are we using hard or soft? <laughs> exactly. the cognition. Here as, we as opposed as I forget that was David Chalmers. As opposed to the easy problems of visual <laughs> yeah. perception and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this isn't. I think this is a nice little bow to put a. Maybe if I wouldn't have articulated exactly like that, it could have been a smoother ending. But 
now that I'm pointing it out and saying, like, look at the nice little bow on this package, it kind of does draw. You can, it's a, you can, a bow made out of pipe cleaners. Everyone close their eyes and just imagine a nice little package with a little bow on top. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it will sound like a good enough ending. Make it till you make it. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you guys so You're much. Here, everyone. Thank you. Next week on the podcast, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Ramin Nazer, is on, co-founder of the Here We Are podcast, my business partner. I don't know, titles are weird. He's just like this genius that has helped me and helped this podcast and is this amazing artist who also like draws these really interesting philosophical pieces in this like really raw... I don't I don't even know how to describe it. Some of his work is straightforward and you're like, I get that and then some of it is like, whoa, I don't know how you just fit months of thoughts into a little piece that looks like you whipped up in no time at all. He he puts a new a new picture on Instagram every day and he plays every instrument, he makes animations, he does the here we are website he used to edit the podcast i had i was like you're doing too much damn stuff so uh, jimmy fro edits the podcast now but uh he does every he's this amazing stand-up comedian and so i was like this is one of the smartest people i know and i love when we chat about science so why don't i have Ramin on. That seems completely silly that I hadn't done that yet. And so uh, that's what we did. We talked about, man, physics, uh, <laughs> which is it, like some, some really big ideas about time and meaning. And I could barely even wrap my head around. It, it, it was a privilege and I think that you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, and so, yeah, I think it'll be great. Again, I I hope you uh, I hope you get a chance to. So I just simply don't have it in me to release more uh, free podcasts. But if you go to the Patreon dot uh, com slash Shane Moss M A U S S, you can check out my two new podcasts. That I don't know exactly how regular they're going to be, but you can check it out, see if it if the whole thing falls apart and and I lose my mind or whatever happens. Uh, you can always unsubscribe later. Right now, I have I have six everything podcasts in the bank. I'm planning on releasing each week, one each week, and then I just started recording the. A digital mindfulness talks uh, about my DMT experiences. And those are going to be, I mean, it, those are going, it's going to take me forever to share all of my experiences and all of my thoughts on not just DMT, but on psychedelics in general. And I was getting frustrated. I've been frustrated. I've wanted to get the special out that I toured with and still waiting on the right deal to line up but in the meantime you can check that out those of you that listen all the way to the end 
you are my favorite. I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL, the 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly-collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would, he even, why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype <laughs> and that he has come for his cocaine <laughs> as he approaches the red rope of the VIP pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish <laughs> oh my he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film smooth skin <laughs> Scarface yells out his signature line <laughs> ciao Bella it's me Scarface <laughs> oh my god 